Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Ricky, and with me as always is Bill. Hey guys, how you doing? It's Wheels. James. Hey, hey everyone. And today, we are absent. We have an absent Brandon. We are a couple of disabled guys passionate about gaming and accessibility. And together, we are Wheel Life Problems. There, and I didn't interrupt you that time, James. Nope. Managed to get through it. No interruptions. Great. Love it. <laughs> Good Sweet. show. That deserves applause. All right. All right. Wrap it up, folks. We're done here. <laughs> All, All right. right. Anyways. So, yeah, as I mentioned, today we are missing Brandon. Uh, let's just get into it. We are going to discuss Tenecon because Brandon had recently been there. But we are barring that subject for today. And we are just going to go talk about some conventions today in general. So um recent uh what am i trying to say here guys um well basically um because brandon's not here to talk about tenocon but we still wanted to talk about conventions that we're just going to talk random stuff about conventions maybe that we've been to and how right you know maybe our disabilities affect attending things and whatever (laughs) something along those lines I pass hosting duties on to you, James. You did that much better than I did. Oh, no. <laughs> right, okay. So, um, <laughs> let's see. Put on my hosting hat. So, um, <laughs> There's a hat? <laughs> well, I'm wearing a hat. Well, I'm not wearing a hat. It's a metaphorical hat. It's an imaginary hat. A metaphorical hat. I actually am wearing a hat. Mm. I'm wearing a captain's hat. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, I need a robe so I can feel like Hugh Hefner. Uh, <laughs> God rest his soul. All right. Let, um, anyways. Right. Um, <laughs> so. So, conventions. Conventions. What's a gaming convention that you guys have been to uh, recently or of sorts? Well, I can't say it's a gaming convention per se because there's a lot involved, a lot more just nerd stuff in general involved. I went to Awesome Con. I missed it this year because, uh, you know, basically car issues. But anyways, from my experience there, um, ends up being a good opportunity to network, but it's also a good place to uh, kind of seek out some, um, I don't know, I like the independent type of creators that you can meet there in terms of like, you got a lot of um seemed like a lot more podcasts were represented there than anything else when it comes to like the streaming environment um and then it seemed like from the gaming perspective i mean i don't know it seemed kind of limited as to what they had going on there it seemed like they had more like uh, uh comic books ended up being more of the creator focus um just yeah, because so I what think- sets awesome awesome con apart from other com other conventions because like right now i like from my understanding i've only ever seen awesome con it's just like a comic con like, yeah it's basically more of a comic con than anything else i mean you have booths with podcasts you have booths booths with like writer people that are writers um there's even some craft type things which i don't know i think that's kind of kind of seems like uh, what, what you would get with a lot of conventions nowadays like you would have a mix of that type of thing you know because there's like, you know, they might create stuff that that's related to nerd culture in general, meaning like gaming, um, comic books, you know, all that stuff. Um, because there was like an example of kind of an offbeat type thing would be like uh, there was a leather shop and they made like leathers from stuff like games like Bloodborne. They had hats from that um, and hats from other games. Ooh. Um, Dark Souls stuff, you know. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe even swords, you know. That's something I've seen. I've saw a skull place. It's a place selling decorative skulls. Right. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Some weird shit. So <laughs> I know we were supposed to talk Tenocon, but can anyone just so we have it like kind of out there, can anyone explain to me or the audience exactly what Tenocon is? Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, <laughs> we both kind of have some. You played Warframe, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I played a good bit of it. 
So yeah, because yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, so Tenacon is Digital Extremes' uh, own convention around their game Warframe, where the developers and fans and streamers all come together to celebrate the game Warframe. But it's typically also a place where they make a lot of new announcements for the game, unveil new content and new sort of characters to play as and things like that, and really sort of uh, promote the game and the people that love it. It's it's quite. It looks like quite a good convention. A lot of the Warframe fans really love it. So it's it's centered around Warframe itself, or is it just like kind of like a generalized like? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and you've even got it to now where there's like. Uh, I've noticed that there's other examples of, it's like almost like subcons. It's like they're not all going to get like it used to be that a lot of things would mesh into Comic Con. You know, like you would see like, you know, for example, the Walking Dead cast pro- usually shows up at Comic Con. Um, well, I mean that was an example of you know they show up for the show, and I mean it's got its comic book tie-in and so forth. Or, like, they'll do, like, events where there might be some sort of gaming connection in a way, in some way. Right. Um, but now you see, like, these subcons coming, meaning, like, stuff like QuakeCon, which is, like, ids, um, you know, you might see stuff, mainly stuff about Quake. I think there's, like, a Quake tournament. I think that's the big thing about it. But then you'll see other stuff about, like, Doom and other id titles, like Wolfenstein. You know, they might do, like, some panels on that stuff, too. And then there's, like, BlizzCon now, which I think that's been that's been around for a while, though. Mm, yeah, it has. Was BlizzCon Blizzard-focused? Yep. Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm just jogging my memory. Cool. Yeah, people got pissed at the last one because uh, releasing a mobile game of Diablo. Oh, um, uh, the people, Diablo 3 fiasco? Yep, people, I remember people that. People are less than satisfied with a mobile version of the game. Um, I personally am fine with it if I can use it with an emulator um, then I'm happy if I can I'm going to be upset right well it's a shame that uh, Brandon's not here to update us on all the sights and seas that he saw wow that was a really fucked up sentence (laughs) sights and seas everything he saw at Tenocon yeah I mean a lot of it, most of it's centered around the DLC mm. that they're creating. And then I'm sure they have Warframe-themed things going on, I would assume. Such as, like, you know, the cosplay. I'm sure they do a whole thing. A lot of a lot of cons, I've noticed, do, like, uh, cosplay competitions. Seems I'm pretty like, sure that's, like, a, a staple for every convention. Yeah, that seems yeah, like that would like... be... That, <laughs> if, you know, if you go to a convention and there's not cosplay there, did you really go to a convention? <laughs> Yeah, Precisely. totally. One of the things that Tenacon did, yeah. I think as well, I don't know if they did it this year, but they definitely did it last year as well, is they broadcast a lot of things uh, on Twitch, a lot of their announcements and panels, and yeah, they made it if you, um, if your Twitch account was connected to your Warframe account, and you watched certain Twitch, certain Tenocon streams, then they would reward you with... Uh, free characters, access to characters that would normally only be available through premium currencies and things like that. Right. So, yeah. Ooh, talk about marketing success right there. Yeah, it's really, you know, that synergy, they've got it going. <laughs> yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Watch us, we'll give you stuff. Hmm. I'll do it. Like, uh, the only conventions I've, I've never been to a Tenocon, the only conventions I've been to are Comic-Con in Baltimore, which is kind of like nowhere near as big as like the San Diego Comic-Con. And it's not game-related at all. It's just nerd shit and me spending lots of money on things I don't need, like a Captain America shield. But the other nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I needed it, but I... Yeah, I needed it. (laughs) The only other gaming convention I've been to is uh, MAGFest at... uh, and try and hold your giggles again this time, James, is at, at the Gaylord in the National Harbor. <laughs> That's a nice name Which, for a hotel. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. My mom actually used to help manage that hotel like 10 years ago mm-hmm. when it was first being built. But That's the Gaylord. Topic for another another time. But uh, 
I don't, for those of you that know don't know what Magfest is, it's just basically a huge nerd convention where they fill up like rooms with arcade games and every kind of system you can think of or any kind of games in general. And it's just people staying up drinking for seventy two hours playing games, and it's pretty fun time. Although I can't really play too much while I'm there because kind of like how we were talking about arcades like back uh, in our last episode. So check that one out. Um, you know, I can't get up too much. My hands don't really get up to my get me used up. So it's mainly just me watching people play games and hanging out with my friends and talking shit with them when they can't do something in a game. So Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean a lot of times with these conventions I you know, I find myself being like, you know, uh less wanting to play the games and more about the networking mm. aspects of it. Um, because, you know, I am thinking about my channel, my brand. Um, and that's something that's important to me. Um, but I think it's a good opportunity for anybody that is, you know, uh, these are good opportunities to get you with people that are like-minded um, because the likelihood of running into gamers at even a comic, like at most Comic-Cons, there's usually... I mean, I can guarantee you, most comic book readers play games, too. I mean, most of the ones that I know no, either play games <laughs> no, or read get comics out of town. That's a, <laughs> you, can't, you can't cross those streams. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> but, no, I mean, yeah. that's, that, that's becoming more and more the, the thing um, because, I don't know, comics are like their own – it's like its own sub uh, – it's like reading a video game. Yeah, it's like its own subculture, though, and then it's like the culture that you have with gaming with Twitch. Then it's like gaming in general because, I mean, you have, like, Reddits and you have, you know, like, there's just, it's all spread around, but it's nice to have these conventions because it gets you, you know, with people that you might not otherwise meet. Um, so I think that's kind of uh, from a standpoint of networking i feel like cons have become more i think we do have a lot of inclusive stuff where it's like based where it's about one thing but i think there's a lot of other options now in terms of like you know it's not just comic conventions because it seems like years ago it might have just been only comic conventions but now you're seeing like all sorts of different types of conventions popping up that have different types of themes going on right right mm -hmm. right what's the what's the convention scene like up in uh scotland there james is that an attempt at a scottish accent there <laughs> maybe a little terrible. bit we're ignoring it <laughs> no no I yes don't, please i, I don't i don't Ignore. mind when people do scottish accents i think it's uh i think it's pretty hilarious <laughs> <laughs> it's quite amusing yeah just so long as it's uh i don't mind scottish accents done just like that, it's just when I see something like Shrek, where if I just never mind, I'll, I've I've got a I've got a whole rant about Shrek in the back <laughs> in my back pocket. But Get out of my! It's not the place of for that. We got a Shrek sound effect. Oh man, I want to hear that rant swamp. one day. Then. Right, just just what are you doing? In my Scottish swamp? voices in general in TV, <laughs> movies, and games about like almost never done by Scots, and a, a Scot can will hear it and be like. That's terrible, but everybody else is just like, yeah, that's Scottish. Great. Never mind. Um, sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> oh, what what your opinion on Shrek was? No. Also, what the convention again. the convention scene is like in Scotland or Scotland? <laughs> There's my terrible accent. What are you doing in there. my swamp? Aye, okay. Um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, Scotland and the UK in general has its own. Uh, has its own conventions over here we've got like um, in terms of uh, video games we've got the develop conference which is a bit like GDC you know it's very developer focused we've got the Eurogamer Expo EGX which uh, it's, I'm pretty sure that's run by the same company the same organisation that does PAX and I think it's, it's basically it's, I've never been to it but I get the impression that it's basically the same idea as like the PAX all the PAX ones it's like a European equivalent um, but in Scotland, yeah, I mean, we get like local local conventions for things like comic books and games and stuff. 
you know, and they sort of scale up to you know to various sizes. So, for example, like talking about the the comic book conventions, um, I very recently went to the Glasgow Comic Con, and that was you know big big convention in the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall. Um, creators there mm. from Marvel and DC and all this attending, which was it was you know big creators section and stuff. It was pretty good to go to, but. I think if I was going to go to it next time, I would go to it either by myself or with people who were really interested in going to the panels. Um, I went to. Why did you go with people that weren't interested at all? Well, I went to this one with uh, my sister, her husband, and the three kids, so I really couldn't drag them into panels and have them sitting there listening to like nitty gritty comic book stuff. But it was good for them because they did have a kids section, so the kids could sit and they got a, a a little class on how to draw characters from Toy Story by one of the women that works on like the Toy Story and the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles cool. comics, which was oh, nice. actually you know pretty cool. <laughs> um, and I, I got to meet Al Ewing, that is the current writer on the Immortal Hulk comics, and has done a lot of comics in the past that I've liked as well. So that was I was pretty chuffed about that. But then, at a much sort of lower end, you know, my little hometown has its own comic book convention, which is basically, you know, two rooms with some small creators and, you know, some local comic book shops selling stuff in bin from their um, sort of long boxes and stuff. And that's, that convention, that was last year, uh, I didn't think it was going to be any good. I thought, you know, because my, my hometown is, is pretty small. But they actually put on. I was quite surprised at how good the the small town convention was. Um, managed to get some, you know, a couple of uh, quite not especially rare, but uh, good co- comic books that I was quite interested in getting. Some old eighties X Men stuff, so I was pretty pleased about that. Oh, nice! Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. But yeah, yeah I mean, I just... there's lots of lots of conventions, so. So it's a it's it's thriving in Scotland then, it's yeah. Not just an American based thing, so. No, no, it's it. Scotland definitely does have its own scene for conventions and stuff, you know. So that's good. Yeah, I um. Ugh. When you're speaking of media, uh, when you mentioned meeting people, the only one of the cool people I met when I was at a uh, Comic Con last year, I think it was. Was I met Hodor, so Ooh. that's the only person that comes to mind. Why who? Hodor. Hodor. Hodor from you know, the Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. See, I'm not. I'm not. I haven't kept up on Game of Thrones at all. Ah, uh, you're not missing out on too much then. It's all. It's, Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's a. That's a whole other rant that I could go on, just like James Kenwood Shrek and stuff. The point is, I met Hodor, and that guy is <laughs> huge, like just massive being. Like I, I thought I was looking up at a three-story building. Was like, hey. was that the one from the show called like the, the something, like the wall or some bullshit or the something, the giant or some shit? I forget what they called the guy, or some big guy that they ha- referred to as like the. Like in the show, they referred to him as something. They referred to him as Hodor. To, to being tall. Must be a different guy. It was a guy that was like protecting some, some chick or something. I don't fucking know. I don't. I don't. I'm. I don't intend on going back and watching it because it's it's just, it's too much to watch, and then to be pissed off at it in the end is not, is not appealing to me. <laughs> Well, yeah, his name his name was Hodor, and he was just a big dude, and he carried around the cripple. So that's how he relates back to the podcast. <laughs> he, car- he carried around Brandon Stark, the old crippled boy with broken legs. Hmm. So, Oh, the mountain is what I was thinking of. Oh, the mountain. Yes. That guy's also big. But Yes. Cool. All right. Moving on, I, I suppose I think that's uh, anyone else have any else they want to add about conventions? Um, go, go to them. Yeah, fun. definitely. And it's like yeah. check them out. Yeah, there's never a bad time at a con. I've 
like every convention I've always went to, it's always been fun. I mean, yeah, I mean, one of even, the yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, even if you just sit there and just like watch, just look at all the it's great for people watching, too. Like there's some form of entertainment somewhere, somehow for every. Yeah. And the one thing I guess I would leave it on with the topic that I was thinking about is I know a lot of people, you know, TwitchCon's coming up in September. I'm still not complete. I still haven't completely thrown it out. But as it becomes closer to August, it seems like it's becoming less and less of a possibility. Um, but I, I'm go I might try to go. But one of the things with that that I've found is that basically there's a lot of parties that go on. There's a lot of after-party events. There's a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of connecting with with people. And I think that's that's kind of like, you know, I think that's kind of the cool thing about conventions is just being able to connect with other people that are into the same things that you are because I don't know about you guys but a lot of times I find it hard in real life sometimes to connect you know to find people that you know like a lot of my friends they like nerdy shit but not not to the levels that we're talking like you know right like mm. these people like these people I meet end up we end up having more interesting uh conversation because there's some people that are nerdy but then there's some people that are like nerdy like meaning like someone that I could get into a discussion about you know and that particular issue of Batman you know blah blah you know like that type of stuff you know mm -hmm. <laughs> but anyways and I think the connection is real it, it, it helps you be able to connect with with people yeah and I think that's exactly what they're established for you know correct connecting all the like-minded nerds around the world into one sweaty sweaty area so then they can come together to sell the bath water. What? <laughs> what? Have you guys heard about that? Uh, that that's no. Yeah. Mm. There's a streamer out there that she uh, is selling her. Uh... Oh my god! Yep, I did. I I <laughs> I passed that on an article. I like saw the headline. I was like, I'm not reading that. That is that sounds so. Nor stupid. should you. No, I'm I'm not even getting give that any attention <laughs> by the way by the way guys the bath water for for us from the show it, it's coming <laughs> we need to <laughs> get your real life problems bath water coming up soon in september <laughs> yeah different smells from <laughs> 50 bucks a jar pay up <laughs> are you thirsty no you got um. your you got your quadriplegic bath water. You got your blind bath water. You got your. <laughs> um, we got it all. Okay. So moving on. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so cringe. traveling, it's summertime, right? So let's talk about traveling with a disability. So, Bill, you recently went on vacation recently. <laughs> I like, Tell us. I like I like your your wording today. It's quite quite wonderful. What are you trying to say? You trying to you trying to say I can't talk well? <laughs> my words ain't doing a good enough job. <laughs> like my mama has no problem with what I say. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, English, do you know it? Um, um, no. no, so we went we went traveling, and one of the, one of, I think one of the things is is that, well, okay, when you're first going to go on a trip, I mean, for most people, you know, mo most people, let's just say, you don't you don't have anything wrong with you, like in terms of like nothing that no physical limitations. It's pretty straightforward, you know. You you figure out where you want to go. You don't have to worry about a special room or anything, and then you just go. But yes. it's not that simple for the rest of us, okay? Because the rest of us have to think about, like, hey, is this is this hotel accessible? Am I is going to be a... able to get in the bed? Am I going to be able to get on and off the toilet? Am I going to be able to get into the shower? And mm -hmm. am I going to be able to do these things safely? Because there is... Will I be able know, to do vacation activities? Like go on the beach? Exactly, which is actually option. It's actually an option. I don't know all of the beaches, but I know the beach I went to, it was an option. But anyways, I was going to kind of start this with the fact of 
you know, the initial traveling there. I mean, um, some of the problems that I run into, biggest problem that I run into is beds in beds in hotels, for whatever reason, are not good about being able to fit equipment underneath the bed. Right, like if you need a Hoyer or something? Yeah, which there's other people that I, 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 I don't think I've ever had a conversation with another person that's had this issue, which I know, but it's because we've never talked about travel on the channel. I think but we have, but not that to this. Not, not in this in depth, okay? Because this is something that I kind of want to get out there because it's something that's like extremely important to me because I feel like it's something that people absolutely do not think about at all. Get it out there, Bill. Let it out. Let's hear it. But what I'm here's the thing: rollaways are a better option. Okay, so that that would be my thing. Look on the website to see if they have a rollaway. Reason why I would look for this is because rollaways are always going to have an underneath of where right. you can fit equipment or bring a cot with you. Which I know a cot is not going to be the most comfortable thing in the world, but I mean this is about getting sleep. All right. Well, can I pause you there for a second, Bill? Because yeah. I just want to explain to everyone that's listening why, like, what equipment we're talking about and what we're yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Go yeah, for it. Is a is a Hoyer lift is it's like one of the main thing that we're talking about, which is used to lift up cripples like us. Which, if you want to picture it in your, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> it's just the way that you quit talking about my speaks. Okay. <laughs> Cripples like <laughs> so right, a Hoyer lift is basically looks like an engine lift if anyone's ever seen that so it need it has legs that go underneath the bed that will lift us in a net to be able to transfer us from either bed to chair if you don't have a way of transferring yourself or someone to pick you up and that's why what Bill is talking about that you need room under the bed most hotel beds are just a giant box laying on the ground with a mattress on top that you can't put anything underneath the bed so you can't even play hide and seek underneath of it so. Take it away, Bill. That's what I was, I was explaining. But, but what I was also going to say about this is, you know, getting that equipment, which I'm going to actually copy an image and save this real quick so we can actually show you guys this on stream. Ooh, for the Twitch watchers. That's right. Ooh, you guys can, you guys can take a look and see. So right there, you guys can see, you can see what the Hoyer looks like. And as you can see, it. Not not um uh, not the best price in the world. It's a fucking investment. Um, anyways, um, like I was going to get into, so I would my suggestions were if you go traveling, that I think the biggest thing is, is that, um, you know, having you know figuring out that option, either a rollaway or a cot. Rollaway is going to be a little bit better. Um, some other things that I've brought on vacation with me before is I had a single sleep number bed, which I would not recommend. Like, that's a lot of work to go through. But bring it was your own mattress? It. Yeah, it was worth it to bring it, though. It was actually worth it to bring it um, because of how long we were staying there. That was because we were staying there for a week, and that was the only reason why I brought it, and it was a single mattress. But I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. But definitely bring your own pillows whatever you think would make you comfortable because the thing is is that obviously with body movement and all that stuff you know that's going to be an issue anyway so there's that um definitely want to roll in shower um you know um a lot of times i would call these places and just see if it fits for what you know for the type of transfer you may or may not be able to do and um I'd say a Hoyer Lift. There is travel ones. We have like a Hoyer Go or something, I, I think is what it's called. I don't know the exact name of it, but it's a travel one that you can bring with you very easily. It folds up in the car, and you can put it back there very easily. Um, if you are going to the beach, um, I would recommend the Outer Banks if you are in the, on the East Coast. Um, Why is because, that? Because they actually have a path that they have made, a full ramping system down to the beach, which is not that unusual. They have a lot of those in other places, but usually they stop right where the stand starts. Okay, this so one. what part of Outer Banks did you go to? Because I was at Kitty the Hawk. Outer Banks. You were at Kitty I, That's where I was. Uh, I was at Kitty Hawk, too, the week, the week before you went, and I didn't see any accessible beaches. 
best western the best western like next to it is an actual beach access i forget what the name of the actual well shit because yeah i was at by i was um near avalon pier kind of like not very far away from one of the wright brothers um uh, yeah. national park is and yeah we didn't find any accessible beach pass for me at all so we just kind of sat on the pier and hung out and Drink. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. We also, my uncle and my mom helped get me into a chair that has the the big-ass tires. And I actually went in the surf for the first time in probably um, 10 years. Um, oh, nice. So that was kind of cool to be able to do that. I really enjoyed that. Um, although, thing that kind of sucks is that travel is not going to be an independent experience for most of us. Um, just because that's a, you have a fit- very good point and that kind of sucks like i'm not gonna lie there is a part of me that kind of thinks that that sucks because if you want to spend an intimate sort of thing with like your girlfriend or something like that you know like normal people do not saying we're not normal we're just dealing with some no, bullshit. i'm not normal well i'm you not guys- normal in the head for other reasons it has you, guys have, to do my- you guys have been listening to me talk this entire podcast i'm definitely right. not normal it has nothing to do with the legs working <laughs> not working the lack thereof but i'm just saying that i feel like that is something to kind of you know i'm not trying to make this be like oh this sucks this sucks you know because there's a lot of stuff that doesn't suck but it realistically it does suck though and you gotta acknowledge it hmm. yeah um but i'm just making the point that it kind of sucks because you have to care you either have a care assistant that you have to bring with you a parent in some cases which is becoming less and less of a thing for me well i feel like in in the next few years it probably is because my parents are getting older and it's becoming more and more difficult in some areas for them to be able to help me effectively Mm, so i do i do have to look into personal care and that sort of thing which is a whole other we could do a whole damn episode on how to set all that shit up yeah it's a it's a whole fun bullshit thing um, that I have not completely done yet because I don't know. I'm part of me is hesitant. But anyways, to get back to the travel thing, you know, I think that's one thing that kind of sucks about it. But I think that it's just planning it out, you know. And I feel like something like air travel, I can't really speak from experience about that. But from what I've been told, is they bring out a chair that you have to transfer to, transfer to either that yeah. or I guess there if if the manual chair that you're in somehow would fit in the aisle which i highly doubt it would no they don't have i've I've air traveled they don't have at least for me they don't have nowhere you can put your manual chair okay but then when you arrive like what do you do so what they do is uh they take you up to the gate they take you out of your chair put you in a little aisle chair which is about like a foot and a half wide just enough to go through the wing and they like seatbelt you to it then they drag you to where your seat is, pick you up out of that chair, put you in your chair. You're first to go on, by the way. And then once you okay, land, you're, so. you're last off, and then they'll bring that chair back, and then they'll put you in the aisle chair, take you back to the front gate <laughs> where your, your chair should be waiting for you if they didn't fuck everything up. But you've actually trusted them with, like, one of your expensive chairs? I've never flown. I've only flown in my power chair once. I used my manual chair the other times I've traveled. And how did the how what was the state of the power chair when it came back? Uh it was okay. There was nothing broken on it? No. That was like over ten years ago though. So that but was do like you think I... that's worth the risk, like if you're honestly. Uh it's hard to say. I uh, I mean mm. with my manual chair it was worth the risk because that's not like too big of a deal but as, as how I said, the fuck are you gonna break it yeah It'd be kind of difficult yeah but uh the power chair i mean uh if you have an old power chair i'd say maybe fly with that Let's try that out first but it it's all circumstantial and you know just depends or on how renting it... i've heard about people renting a a chair for the week in the yeah. place that they're going to which is a pain in the ass but i mean i feel that's circumstantial too because it depends on like you know for me I don't fit in most power chairs because I'm fucking tall as shit. And, you know, I have to have a specialized cushion for my butt because I can't feel my butt. So it's all circumstantial. 
Yeah, it's just because, I mean, that's my... I kind of want to do some air travel just to... Just give it a shot, man. Just, uh, see, see like you like. said, plan it out. and Just make sure you call the airline ahead of time. Be like, I'm in a chair, blah, blah, blah. Here's my situation. And just hope for the best. Yeah, because I, I truthfully am really concerned about ever bringing my power chair with me on <laughs> you know because i just if they fucked it up it would just be uh it would be bad oh yeah definitely yeah it's understandable yeah mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of the only thing and then you know obviously driving to some places is just out of the question like there's no fucking way i'm travel. i'm driving to california like you know fuck that it's not happening yeah i mean maybe if it was set up as a road trip but even then i mean you gotta have like a lot of money put away to be able to even consider that shit mm -hmm. so but this trip was definitely interesting um i wasn't able to actually sleep in the bed so that was kind of that kind of sucked ass even though you brought your mattress and everything well i didn't bring my mattress on this trip um, oh but the problem was like where do you said, sleep then <laughs> i had to sleep in my chair really which sucks ass Wow, that's it's the worst. That sounds but, awful. Yeah, that was that was pretty shitty. I mean, from now on, I think I'm going to bring like a cot, or because I mean, I know that would do it. It's going to feel great on my back. I, I know, but uh, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. maybe there's a mattress you can get on a cot that's not bad. You know, maybe there, maybe there's some cots that are nice. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a possibility. I, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> can find anything on amazon these days right yep so i think that's the option that i would go with is is a cot and then a hoyer transfer because th th those really are incredible devices in terms of like you know it can help you with toilet toileting it can help you with shower um it really is a wonderful device agreed it's, it's a pain in the ass uh sort of I mean, if you have, if you have, you know, I guess it's one of those things. You just got to get used to using it. Mm -hmm. Have good communication with the, with the person that's uh, the operator. Operator, you know, have a good relationship with them to be able to kind of just be like, you know, working off of like a one, two, three sort of um, movement, mm -hmm. sort of system. So that way you're ready for it. You're not unprepared. Um, those are all things to think about, I think. Um, and just think about the bedding and showering situation because, I mean, obviously you don't want to be – you want to be stuck somewhere and not being able to shower or not being able to um, use the restroom because that's kind of – that kind of sucks. You want to – this was a surprise to me. Uh, you know what beach was voted one of the top ten beaches in America for accessibility? What? Virginia Beach. Yeah, in some ways. Yeah, Virginia Beach is—they uh, have uh, accessible chairs, uh, the boardwalk, and accessible parts on the beaches and everything. And I was like, "Wow, interesting." And since you know, for reference for you, James, Virginia Beach is like two hours away from Bill and I. All right. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know. My feelings are, and maybe this is mean, but I don't. Really, I hate Virginia Beach to be honest with you. Why is that? Uh, just because the the draw for me is just not there. It's just I just don't think it's that. I think it's all right, you know. It's I've very gotten, touristy and crowded. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it, you know. And I mean, but also I find myself not really. I don't. I don't know why people would do a week at the beach. I I don't understand that. Like I know some people could do that, but. To me, I get bored. I get bored if, like, you know, if I do like four days, it's like I'm good. You know, I'm yeah. I'm good. That's all I need. No, I've always kind of hated going to the beach. <laughs> yeah, the beach the beach is not my favorite favorite destination of all things. Um, there are other places that I I like visiting more, or would like to visit more. You know. Well, I was having this conversation with my friends when I was at the beach two weeks. Two weeks ago, yeah. yeah that, uh, the whole thing that's like bothersome about going to the beach is 
everyone is so slow. Like everyone's on like island time, you know, it's just everyone at the beach is so relaxed that everyone just moves at a turtle's pace. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like I like things where there's a mix of things where, you know, there's like the beach, but then there's other there's other things which I feel like the Outer Banks is very pretty. It's very nice. But in terms of like having an actual like boardwalk experience, I mean, yes, there are depending on where you go, but it doesn't truly have the, for instance, an example of that would be Ocean City. Ocean City has a much more interesting boardwalk situation. Oh, really? I hate Ocean City. That place is so dirty. <laughs> yeah, well, to me, though, the thing I don't like about that part I don't like about it is that there's no centralized point where you can walk down a you can walk down a boardwalk and you can like see mute musicians performing and stuff. Unless there's a place that I was unaware of, I've never been to a place like that there. Yeah, I don't think there's a place like that. And I mean, <clears throat> I think I think people equate Ocean City to being dirty because of the fact that, well, it's got a lot of drunks on any boardwalk situation. There's going to be a shitload of drunks on the path all the time being obnoxious um you know that's that's annoying for some people i mean you know and maybe it's just creates more of a party atmosphere for like younger people meaning like people from the ages of 18 to 21 would probably be more excited about the night scene than people like you know 25 and up i guess (laughs) i feel like i just feel like uh ocean city is kind of more like uh New Jersey, where you're more likely to find a condom within walking distance every 10 feet than you are any other place. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't get a sense of it being dirty necessarily, but I don't know. Um, Virginia Beach, though, has, has that boardwalk thing going on, but I don't know, it ends up being overcrowded. And yep. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. And then there's, uh, I guess, a lot of people like Myrtle Beach. That's the big one. Mm-hmm. And some people say that that's a shithole, but I'm just like, you know. Every beach is dirty when it comes down to it. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean. Well, uh, I have a question for you, James. What problems do you usually have when you're traveling or going on vacation and stuff? Uh, Well, I mean, traveling for me involves a lot of pre-planning. I mean, obviously, for for people with disabilities, that's the case of, you know, for everyone, I suppose. But. The biggest problem I have when traveling is just whenever I'm going to somewhere that I'm not already familiar with. So, right. like the main issue for me is just like getting to places and not being able to tell where is that I actually, where is that I am or where is that I'm going. Now, with sight loss, um, I'm going to have trouble reading any kind of road signs or you know, just generally finding my way around. So, Wait, do you drive? Uh, no, no, I don't think they would let me drive honestly. I don't think I'd be able to set the set the UK the UK driving test. Mm-hmm. I think there's a sight loss component before you even start the test. I would maybe be able right. to take driving lessons if I didn't tell the the, <laughs> the driving instructor that my <laughs> sight was so messed up. But I'd probably be able to like as soon as it got to the testing stage, you know, they wouldn't let me take it. So I'd I've never really bothered to pursue it. So I mean, it's it's with sight loss at least in Scotland. Um, being registered as severely visually impaired it entitles me to free travel on public transport, which is handy. So at the very least there's no like travel costs there. Being limited to public transport isn't so bad when it's free. But um yeah, yeah, a lot of if I'm travelling somewhere where I don't know the area or if I'm not familiar with the route, a lot of time spent on like Google Street View and just like finding landmarks learning street names and when I come out of a place what am I looking for, like if I'm getting off the train what direction am I coming out in what buildings am I looking for if there's any like big obvious landmarks that I'd, that I'd recognise things like that so yeah it's like a lot of pre-planning mm. but generally like once yeah. I've learned, once I learned the route and once I'm sort of familiar with an area then I can typically get around okay um, so the the common denominator for us all just sounds like it just takes a lot of planning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's 
that's the biggest thing with any sort of traveling. You want to know what the most annoying thing I have to plan when I when I go on long trips is my poops. Oh, really? Because I can't go poop on my own. I have to. I need assistance to go poop. So, like, basically, on my vacation that I went on two weeks ago to Kitty Hawk, as well, I was only able to stay about three or four days because my friends they're able to help me in and out of bed, get me dressed and stuff like that. But I don't think any one of them's gonna finger my butt and get my poop out. So I had this limited time I could stay in that beach before I had to come home and you know get the proper poop procedure done. So hmm. that's my story. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't have a solution to that one. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, you guys can go poop on your own. I, I can't. As as gross and nasty as that sounds, that's the grim reality of the situation. Is I have to plan how long I can go somewhere because I need a special chair I sit in to go poop, and it takes me like an hour. And then, like like I said, I have to have someone who can actually help me, who's willing to, well, risk a finger up my anus. What I'm what I'm wondering is, um, tell me what you're wondering. (laughs) <laughs> because we're going to talk about this. I don't care what anybody thinks. Um, because they need to know. Um, maybe you need to know. I don't know. I don't care if you need to know or not. It doesn't matter. I want to know. Um, <laughs> because I'm curious. So to most people that, that you know, can't uh, have loss of feeling below their waist or wherever it is, depending on the person, you know, basically, I guess anybody people, who can't tell that they're going poop, okay? What people I'm with spinal cord injuries? Or people with spinal cord injuries just in general. Let's just, just yeah, let's just cover everybody. Um, <laughs> what I'm wondering cover is, like, do, do a lot of people, do a lot of people have to wear diapers that are in that situation? Or is it something where it's like, like, like just how a normal person will go to the bathroom, you know, they'll do, they'll do their thing, they'll, they'll do their thing. Does it occur during that event, or is it like something that already has happened? Is what I'm trying to figure out. Like I'm trying to figure out if it's like you have right. to wear diapers. Let me try and answer this for you then, because I'm <laughs> I'm speaking solely for myself and people that I know, so I'm not speaking for everyone. And we, and well, okay, we okay, okay. Agree, but from your experience, from the experience of the experience of the I don't, okay, I don't have to wear diapers. So the way I the way I poop is, <laughs> I go. I go every other day, and basically okay. until I go, I hold it. So my body just knows to be like, I got to hold on to this shit before I can get out. <laughs> so, and that seems to be the case with like a lot of people with spinal cord injuries or people in wheelchairs in general. Is like their body will hold it until they do a, what's called a bowel regimen or bowel program, where some people will use what's called digital stem, which is sticking a finger up your butt and stemming it, and poop will come out. <laughs> or what I do is I take a it's called a magic bullet, which is a suppository, which I shove up my butt, and that gets the bowels going, and then things come out, and then someone has to go in there with a the finger afterwards and clean it out. But um, I love the name so, of the device. Yeah, typically um, people, I guess, some people will have accidents. I guess that just it all depends on how your ball, your your ball, your bowels are. But like for me. <laughs> My body will hold on to the poop until <laughs> I say else. you need to come out, and so that that seems to be the case for the majority of people I've talked to in wheelchairs and stuff. Is just it. It's like your body will hold on to it until you tell it to come out with some cor- some sort of regimen or program. But um, yeah, I haven't heard of people having to wear diapers. There are people that will get coloscopy bags. Um, oh, that's a whole other. Mm. that's a whole other like um there's additional there's i could see where it could be beneficial but then i can see where it could be, add additional concerns in terms of like um uh, upping the health risk in terms of just like another thing that can get inf- infected it's just kind of like the, it's just all sanitation kind of like how i have a for, yeah, just, for me going pee i have a catheter right. that comes out of my uh out of my abdomen that i go pee that collects and into a bag that collects urine i mean right 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 keep it clean yeah but these are all things that you have to think of when you when you go traveling you know am i gonna go poop or not you know and 
Yeah, it's, you know, because for me, though, finding the right toilets in the world is always a nightmare. Yeah. That's always a terrible thing because it's like, you know, because a lot of times you go into bathrooms, toilet seats are falling off. The, it looks like someone's shit everywhere, pissed everywhere, or just poorly maintained, completely poorly maintained. Um, the base of the toilet might be rocking like a motherfucker, which is annoying as shit because there's nothing worse than you get put on a, you put yourself on the toilet and then the toilet almost falls over, you know? I mean, that's kind of like, yeah, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> like, Ooh. that's not a good situation. It's no. like, I'm sitting on the toilet, like, help me, so help me. I don't know why that's so funny. Just imagining some shit, and I think some other people's piss. <laughs> Gross. That's, well, that's that's that's, that's the situation. Like with with bathrooms. Like for yeah, you know, for a lot of people. I mean, you have like an option to squat over the toilet, you know, and be like, "Ooh, my butt's not touching that." I I love. <laughs> this, we, our topic was traveling with a disability today and it somehow just turned into like how do we use the bathroom <laughs> I don't know it's, it's... well I mean I feel like I feel like a lot of what I a lot of the plan for this podcast I feel like revolves around just being very candid and being very upfront about the realities of, of things you know not just mm. yes. sugarcoating this shit yes and you are absolutely <laughs> Absolutely correct, yeah, but it's still yeah. hilarious to me that I'm just <laughs> announcing the way people finger my asshole on a, <laughs> on a podcast that's accessible to literally anyone. And if they want to know, they can find out. Do you want to finger Ricky's ass? <laughs> that should be that should be like a, maybe that'll be like um, incentive. <laughs> I hope we don't have like a like an audience of children that like, you know like. No, it's, it's some parents were like, "Ooh, I found an ex a disability podcast for my son or my daughter who's five years old. Maybe they can relate to it." And they were like, oh, "And then we're just like, Tom out." Yeah, we're Finger gonna get laughs. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm kidding, of course. I'm sorry, yeah. children, if you're listening to us, but this is the real world. All right, let me make sure. I'm pretty sure we're on. We have this set up to where it will. It's um 18 plus. Yeah, I'll put a content warning at the start of the podcast before I upload it, saying this podcast contains descriptions of fingering of assholes. (laughs) (laughs) That could be. That could be like you know, um, something someone could win. You know. (laughs) <laughs> nah, I think I'll leave it. I'll leave it off. Just I want them to be get a little surprise at this point in the podcast. Yeah. Ooh, what a what a surprise! Uh, the point is, sure. you got you have to plan when you travel, and you know, mm. bowel, pee, sleeping, all that. You know, like uh, yes. Let's keep the let's get let's get the the wheel rolling again. Uh, when you were talking about sleeping, another thing, you know. Uh, the way I had to sleep when I was on vacation, when I went with just my friends, um, the, my friend who's actually letting me sleep in his bed, but his bed was on the other side of his apartment through the bathroom, which the doors were way too narrow for my chair to get through. So my friends had to lift me up, carry me through the bathroom into his bedroom and then lay me onto bed. And that's just like another thing that, you know, you got to deal with and luckily like if we had a Hoyer that wouldn't have worked at all because the Hoyer wouldn't fit through I was just lucky enough that I had people strong enough to lift me up and that I'm so tiny and skinny wow that's um yeah that's a real pain sure Sounds is like... but... yeah traveling traveling with a disability if uh it's not the most convenient thing in the world, but it has to be done. And if you can plan it and do it right, you know, you can still have a good, a damn good time, you know, just mm. accept the real, the real world realities of it all, pooping and all, and 
go enjoy a vacation. <laughs> uh, I I think on yeah. think on that. That's I feel like we're at a a good place to start wrapping <laughs> things up. Unless any James or Bill, if you uh, you uh, guys want to add anything about vacationing or such. Uh, yeah, just a just a little thing on sort of traveling with sight loss, or at least sort of now. I had a, a, a weird sort of incident happen to me a few weeks ago where I couldn't get to my work because of train cancellations and stuff. I ended up in a car with a person, with a couple of women and uh, a stranger, a strange guy I didn't know, um, getting a lift across the country to <laughs> into the capital, which I wouldn't recommend getting into getting into cars with strangers. You know, that's a good. Wait, was it was it was it just like it was a cab service or was it literally just like a bunch of people just like. Hey, get in my car. We'll go in that way. Yeah, it was just a random. It was almost like hitchhiking. <laughs> what? Um, oh, wow. We were all at the train station, and we'd all found out the, the train was cancelled. So they just went, one of the guys went, well, I parked at the train station, so do you guys want to just come jump in my car, and we'll just drive drive into Edinburgh? So I was like, uh, not really. But the fact that there was <laughs> some other people there, I thought, okay, well, I mean, there's a one in three chance that, it, you know, he's gonna if he kills someone it's not gonna be me you know so well two and three chance really um <laughs> one and three chance so that think about who, who who think about your chances of like will this person be a serial killer will they murder me yeah maybe so, i'll be lucky so i'm trying to weigh up my options here but anyway um <laughs> i decided that i'd rather be on time for work than you know and risk being <laughs> murdered than uh, turn up late <laughs> and um yeah so eventually he's sort of dropping off people and we get to we get to edinburgh but he can't take me all the way through to the center of the city because he's not going that far so i have to walk a decent way through it through a part of the city i didn't know but one of the things that i found really helpful was I mm-hmm. had the the maps on my phone, which were able to give me directions and read them out to me as I was walking through, walking through the city. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, really helpful because I don't know Edinburgh apart from like where I got off the train and the direct route to my work. You know, a little bit round about that, round about the immediate area of the train station, but that's it. So to be dropped so far away from it in a part of the city that was completely alien to me was pretty, uh, pretty disorienting. I could oh wow yeah um, but that's I mean, got to be kind of scary just like not knowing exactly where you're going like was... yeah i mean yeah. Like, thankfully the, the gps thing on my phone the the whole like maps app and all that was quite good and just like pointing me in the right direction as long as i'm heading in the right direction and i'm not taking any silly risks like just like try to cross roads away from where there's like <laughs> yeah. marked crossings and things like that then i mm-hmm. generally know uh, roughly so you know, I can get it safely enough but if I didn't have that on my phone then I, I don't know how I would have got to got to where I was going I mean all right let me can I, uh, I have a question for you James is uh I learned that uh okay let me just ask one. do you do you utilize the bumps on the road when it comes to like a crosswalk or something because I learned recently that, uh, you know, like a, a, you know, a sidewalk ends a ramp or like at the end, end of Java, like a train station or something. There's always these big bumps, you know, on the on the concrete or on the floor that you can feel underneath your feet. And I heard those were put there for people with uh, with a visual impairment so they know when to stop and uh, know that like, you know, like, yeah, when, um, no, when to stop. Do you utilize that at all? Uh, I don't, but. I know people with, uh, there's plenty of people that I sort of work with, with sight loss worse than, with less sight than I do, that really do sort of benefit from them. But I, I appreciate that, like, those bumps, the sort of tactile paving things, are probably a pain in the arse for wheelchair users and things like that. Just because, oh, yeah, they, my foot plates get stuck on them sometimes. Yeah, because I've heard that, I've heard that, and it's, it's, well, not that specifically, but just like wheelchair users. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a hassle. There was another thing that I just just kind of came to mind, um, kind of to go back on the conventions, but um, there used to be. Well, I hope it happens this year, 
because it got canceled this past year, but there's the Ability Expo, which is right near well, where Ricky and I live in Chantilly. At least that's where they were hosting it the past couple of times. And that was quite nice because it, it, it was a place where you could see a lot of the cool equipment mm. and a lot of the stuff they're doing with accessibility. Um, Able Gamers was actually there. Um, so that's kind of cool that they show up there. Um, but I guess my major tie-in that I was going to, I guess the, the thing I wanted to get out there is that, um, is that with conventions, like, you know, like that, that get, that's an example, of like something that actually like really benefits people in terms of just putting them with the people that they need to, uh, they need to be matched up with. Um, but I guess the biggest thing, there was, there's a point that I was trying to get to about this beyond just that. <laughs> like, there was, some, there was some reason why I was bringing up the Ability Expo. Um, I don't know. I guess it kind of just shows you some of the... could be tied into the travel thing, too, because a lot of times they have stuff there that um, pertains to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they have travel agencies and such, yeah. And so that kind of ties in in that way. Um, to be able to find the information that you need. And I guess the other thing was um, just that I think that's, um, you know, it's some, oh, 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 here was my tie-in with the travel. I remember now. There was a guy that was at the Abilities Ex Expo that I believe might have been from Scotland or might have been from the UK. I don't remember. But he was from, he's from a different country. It might have even been Ireland. But anyways, um, it's besides the point. Um, but he had uh, he had he was creating this app. He was helping create this app where basically it let people it made people aware of in different places where um, accessible travel was available, and it was like marked on the map, kind of like a Google Map almost. It was oh, marked yeah. on the map as Ooh. to where you can find certain things, and I, I just even... thought. Oh, sorry, sorry. You keep I going. just thought that that was really cool because I figured, you know, this gives you some sort of idea of like, you know, what you're dealing with when you go to a particular area. Like you could be like, oh, there's ramps in this area. There's a lot of accessible restaurants in this area. Um, I feel like those are really good things to kind of, you know, be aware of, you know. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Is I actually just downloaded a, uh, an app recently called iAccess, which is a, exactly that's what it is. It just tells you if things are accessible or not. I yeah. think that guy might have been developing that, maybe. Yeah, well, that's I know cool. he was looking for funding, and I just thought that, that was kind of cool because there's things like that. I feel like uh, technology is something that you definitely should look to. Um, technology and equipment are going to be your friends when I, I feel as though when it comes to travel, because as you see with James, you know. That voice, that voice uh, software definitely helps you with the GPS to be mm. able to navigate your way through a place you didn't know. And then, um, you know, I guess options like the Hoyer or just having good friends that are strong, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's, that's all I got. Sweet. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, check if for those of uh, you listening, check out iAccess. Uh, it's an app on for both Google and uh, Apple. How the, how the hell did I forget that name? But yes, because um, thanks, Bill. You're a special guy, <laughs> yeah. So on with the show. Uh, like I said, I guess. We can start wrapping things up. Uh, James, you had any more to add to your story, or uh, no? That's pretty much it. I didn't get murdered. That's the I access <laughs> life. Is that what that's called? Yeah. There's the the moral of the story is don't get murdered. Yeah. Don't don't take don't life from strangers murdered. unless there's yeah. enough bodies, other bodies in the car to reduce the risk that you'll be the victim of the murder. <laughs> well, it's just Put like if a bear. If a bear is chasing you, as long as you can outrun the other person, you're good. Yes, yeah. don't be the slowest person in the room. There we go. Yeah. 
Carry your wheelchair before you go in the wilderness. All right, we're all we're gonna go, we're gonna go off the rails again. Mm. <laughs> all right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Wheel Life Problems. You can subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. Follow us on Twitter at Problems Wheel. You can follow me on the social medias. I'm at the Rickles. You can follow Bill. He's at Wheelchair Gamer. And you can follow James at James Kyle. And you can also follow Brendan, who is absent today, but I'll still plug him anyways because that's who we are. He is at Accessible Gamer. Thanks again. And remember to keep it wheel. <laughs>